think we might have a new Christmas song. I feel like that's a fitting Christmas song. Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Darren Reese, and I am the preaching minister here. And uh, it's so great that I uh, am getting to be a part of this community during this season of Christmas, uh, of waiting for Christmas. Um, I mean, it doesn't, it's not a bad gig to start off with this behind you, you know, it all looks really nice. Um, if we could just do this for all seasons of the year, that would be great. I have to admit, it, it hasn't really felt like the Christmas season, though, for me, uh, at least as of, of a few days ago, I was kind of thinking like, man, it's already Christmas? And it really came because I looked over at our Christmas tree and saw there were no presents underneath it, and so I started panicking. Um, I was like, oh man, okay, Christmas is coming soon. Um, so I did what you need to do to be able to get into the Christmas season. I got a puzzle out, right? And I turned on the greatest Christmas movie of all time, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Obviously, right? Obviously. Um, yeah. So now that I've watched that, I can say officially say the Christmas season is underway. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to pick the, right, the Christmas movie. It's that settled. Now, picking my favorite Christmas song, now that's, that's harder. There's so many good options. So many good Christmas songs. Um, so I wonder, what, what is the best Christmas song? Other than Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer, obviously, again. But besides that one, what's the greatest, what's the best Christmas song? What, I don't know, it's so tough, you know? So I want to actually do a little poll here this morning, okay? I'm going to get you to raise your hand and tell me what your favorite Christmas song is, okay? All right, this is audience participation time. Okay, so I'm going to start with Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. Okay, yeah, that was purely for this section over here, all right? <laughs> That was for Meg and my and Ann. Um, okay, good. Now that we got that nonsense over with, okay. Um, all right, here we go. Let, let's narrow it a bit to Christian hymns. I mean, Christmas hymns. Okay. All right. No, don't no slight to Bieber. You know. Um, okay. Raise your hand. Is your favorite hymn "Silent Night"? All right. Got some representation out there. Good. Okay. What about the first Noel? Okay. All right, good. Uh, joy to the world. All right. What about Oh Holy Night? All right, good. We're going to stop right there because if you did not raise your hand with that last one, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, so it was really just a test to see what your musical tastes are. Now, all great songs, but whew, Oh Holy Night. I love that song such a great song. I mean, the music is beautiful. The lyrics are stunning. I mean, li listen to these lyrics from the first verse. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices 
For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. O night divine, O night when Christ was born, O night, O holy night, O night divine. Ah, I love it. So I was thinking about this song, and I did a deep dive uh, this week into the most popular versions of O Holy Night. There's quite a few out there. Got on YouTube and was checking out the the most popular. Um, On YouTube, at least, the most listens is Mariah Carey's version. Um, I get it. Um, but it's hard. I started thinking, like, which is my favorite? I was listening to them, and, it, and it's really hard. There's a lot of great versions out there. If you twisted my arm, I would probably say Celine Dion's version, but, you know, so many good versions. But actually, my favorite version of O Holy Night, it can't be found on YouTube or Spotify. Um, I may be biased here, um, but the best version of O Holy Night is sung by my father-in-law. Now, I wrote this sermon before I knew my father-in-law was going to be here today. <laughs> no joke, I'm really not, I don't need to like, you know, get nice with my father-in-law. I'm not trying to do anything. I really wrote this before. Um, but my favorite version of O Holy Night is sung by him. He would sing this every time we'd gather, for uh, the family gathered for Christmas. Um, I mean, it's just his voice, it's just angelic. But you know, we were living in Thailand for a number of years, and during Christmas time, I would desperately, be mi- desperately miss hearing him sing this song. And so I told him one time, I was lamented to him, I said, man, I wish we were there to, to hear you sing O Holy Night. And so the next day, he actually called, and he sang O Holy Night on our voicemail. Um, And that way we could listen to it whenever we wanted. So I'm here to tell you, the greatest version of O Holy Night is somewhere on a deactivated voicemail in Thailand. All right? (laughs) That's where it is, and it will forever be. (laughs) But regardless of who sings it, this song is so moving. It's so heartwarming. It brings such joy. I love the line, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. You know, while this is a Christmas song, I can't help but think that it it might be an Advent song. Hope for a new and glorious morn is coming. So we find ourselves here on this third Sunday of Advent. We are waiting But expectation and anticipation for Christmas and the coming of the Messiah is building. The longing continues, but hope is peeking through. And this is where we find Mary. Waiting, hoping, singing her own Advent song. The original Advent song. So hear her song, the Magnificat. In Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 46. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, 
and holy is his name. You can just hear the excitement, the gratitude, the joy in Mary's voice. I mean, it makes sense with what Elizabeth just said to her. So here's Mary just getting the word that she is going to have a baby. And she's not even married. And so she heads south to visit her older pregnant relative, Elizabeth. And as soon as she walks in, Elizabeth exclaims, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is, is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. You know, my guess is Mary showed up at her Elizabeth's with some apprehension, and some uncertainty. She needed some reassurance, and Elizabeth came through. So it makes sense that Mary would start singing. I mean, the relief, the thrill, the joy. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Such beautiful lyrics. Mary magnifies and rejoices because God has, has shown her such favor. The Mighty One has done great things for her. You know, I'm so glad that we have put this first verse of Mary's song into music. Um, in, in fact, we're going to sing the first verse after the sermon here in just a little bit. It's so moving. And I'd venture to say that Mary's first verse here rivals the lyrics in the first verse of O Holy Night. So when I was doing that deep dive on different versions of O Holy Night, I noticed something. A majority of the versions out there, they didn't actually sing the whole song. They usually stopped after the first verse. Now, it might have been that they only had so much time to perform. I don't know. But I can't help but wonder if they didn't sing at all because that final verse was too much for them. It may be more than they could take. It may be more than they could hope for. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. You know what? I take it back. O Holy Night is definitely an Advent song. It's an Advent song because it is a song of hope. So as some of you may know, um, a new Hunger Games movie came out recently. And for some of you, you may not care, but that's fine. But a new Hunger Games uh, movie came out recently. I've not seen it. But in honor of the new Hunger Games movie coming out, um, 
we recently watched the first Hunger Games movie again, all right? Um, and I was reminded when I watched it of this one great line in Hunger Games, okay? I know this kind of sounds weird, bringing up Hunger Games, great lines, but it really is this great line. And it's really actually, it's the heart of the whole movie, okay? So let me give you some quick background to the story, very quickly, all right? So the basic plot is that the people in power, the capital, as it's referred to, they live luxurious and extravagant lives, okay? And they do this all on the backs of the districts, the regions around the capital where those in poverty and those excluded from the privileges of the capital live and work and lose hope. The capital, specifically President Snow, he knows that the capital needs the labor and the resources of the districts. So he cannot completely destroy them. So what they do is they set up these annual hunger games where two people from each district will compete in a life and death game. Yikes. Most will die. This is intended to intimidate the districts, but one person will win. And that person will then have the opportunity to gain access to the privileges of the capital. Well, the problem here is that for the capital, for President Snow, the problem is that now there's this one person, this one girl in the games who's getting a lot of attention from the people in the districts. One who the districts are starting to rally behind. She's starting to get a bit of a following. So President Snow asked the guy in charge of the Hunger Games, why do we have these Hunger Games in the first place? And more specifically, he asked, why do we have a winner? And the guy can't answer. So President Snow says, hope. And the guy's confused. So President Snow continues, hope. It is the only thing stronger than fear. A little hope is effective. A lot of hope is dangerous. A spark is fine, as long as it's contained. So from the perspective of power, a little hope is effective. A spark is fine, but too much hope, that's dangerous. You know, A Holy Night was originally a poem. It was written in French in 1843. It was soon put to, put to music and first performed in France in 1847. And it was then adapted into English in 1855 and soon arrived on the shores of the U.S. The shores of the U.S. where a civil war was brewing a civil war over slavery. And here comes a new Christmas song, a song with a first verse that warms your heart, but also with a final verse that declares, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love, 
and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Hmm. When I hear the first verse of O Holy Night, I hear a song that is beautiful, a song that is heartwarming, a song that is effective, a song with a spark. But when I hear the final verse, I hear a song that is revolutionary, a song that is hopeful, a song that is dangerous. A song declaring that through Christ, God is setting all things right. And the same is true of sweet little Mary's song. And we pick up. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The first verse of Mary's song, it's moving and it's touching because you hear the voice of a young woman coming to terms with the goodness and grace that God has shown her. But Mary knows this moment isn't really about her. So Mary sings another verse, the final verse. And this verse is hopeful. This verse is dangerous. It's hopeful because Mary is belting out that through the child in her womb, God is going to do what God has always done when God arrives. God is going to set all things right. And that is something to hope for. And so we're in this season of waiting. Waiting for the Messiah to arrive. Waiting for God to act. Well, how will we know when it's here? How will we know God is present? How will we know that the Christ has arrived? Mary's song tells us. How will you know that Christ has shown up? You will see the proud get scattered. How will you know that God is working in the world? You will witness the powerful being brought down from their high places and the rich sent away empty. How will you know that Christ has come? The hungry are being filled with good things. How will you know that God has arrived? The humble and the lowly are being lifted up, are being exalted. I saw it this week, actually, in an article I read. It was actually an article about something that happened in Iran. I don't know if anybody else saw this. 
But a little while back, there was this 70-year-old man, um, poor, he's a shop owner, and in Iran, it's illegal to dance and sing in public. But there's this video, this 70-year-old man, I think it goes, his nickname, he goes by Boogie. That was before he, this story, which is awesome. So Boogie, here's this video, and there's about 10 guys around him. And Boogie starts singing this song, and he starts dancing. I'm not going to do the dance for you, um, but it's pretty awesome. And he does <laughs> do the dance. Somebody, yeah, I like that. Ah, uh, I like that. But he does this dance, and somebody records it. And it gets sent out on social media. And soon, the military, the police, they come and they arrest him and they arrest all those men that were sitting there watching, clapping with him. They tried to shut it down. And I love it because then other people in Iran saw that video and they started making their own. And they started posting these videos of people dancing and singing in the streets. And soon, the Iranian military and police, they released those people. And they had shut down the original video, and they made it live again, because they realized this thing had gotten out of hand. The joy and the hope, it's spreading beyond what we can control. And they let it happen. Now, the article says that it was some folk song that this guy, Boogie, was singing and dancing to. But I'm going to tell you right now, I know it was an Advent song. Now, we're about to sing the first verse of Mary's song, the Magnificat, the first verse. Such a beautiful song. And I want you to sing with all your heart. Let's magnify the Lord. And then let's go out into the world listening for hints of Mary's other verse, hoping for that verse, hoping for Christ to come and set all things right. Amen. Let us stand. My soul magnifies